0: Welcome to episode 73 of the Running on Home podcast with Abby D'Agostino, professional runner for New Balance and one of the most decorated athletes in Ivy League history. Around this time last year, one of my aunts sent me an article on a runner from Topsfield, Massachusetts, that said, in the subject, This is my niece. I wrote back in caps, Your niece is Abby D'Agostino? It was an exciting moment to discover that Abby and I were distant cousins by marriage, sharing two younger cousins and a love of running. It was my pleasure to talk with Abby in person as we both have recently graduated from college and living near one another in Massachusetts. Abby graduated from Dartmouth in May 2014 as one of the most outstanding runners in Dartmouth and Ivy League history, as a seven-time national champion, 13-time All-American, and 16-time Ivy League champion. Before we get into the interview with Abby, I'm going to ask the Running On Home community a favor. If you've listened to at least three podcasts and want to help more like-minded people find the podcast on iTunes, please consider leaving a review. It'll take you less than two minutes and make a world of difference. I know there have been thousands of listens to the podcast, but only 12 people have left reviews. The 30th reviewee gets a sweet prize from running on Ohm, so please leave a review and be considered for the surprise prize. Let's jump into the show with Abby. Abby discusses her athletic background in swimming, the sisterhood she experienced on her high school cross-country team, Why she chose to run at Dartmouth, how her running and faith intersected for her in a mentally challenging race, why her 2013 Cross Country National Championship race is one of her most memorable, the transition from collegiate to professional running for Team New Balance, three lessons she's learned from her coach Mark Coogan, upcoming goals for 2015 and 2016. All this and more on this episode of the Running on Ohm podcast. Oh. Welcome Abby to the Running on Ohm Podcast. Thank you so much for having me, Julia. So I get the pleasure of sitting with Abby in person. She's recently moved to Boston. And we have a crazy connection that we are cousins' cousins. So there's no blood between us. (laughs) But Abby's cousins, we share the same cousins, if that makes sense. And so I definitely feel a kinship and a connection. And we got to finally meet this year for the first time. And now we're getting to sit down and talk. And so I'm just so grateful that she's made the time to talk amidst settling into this new life. So before we get into the new life, let's go to the past how did athletics first come into your life?
1: That's a great question. Athletics in general, you know, that's, I'm glad you asked it that way because, um, I wasn't at first a runner. Um, I grew up primarily with swimming. Um, I was a competitive swimmer until eighth grade, started in about second grade. Um, you know, I'd grown up in an athletic family. My mom, um, still is, and was formerly formerly a runner, and she actually, she's always been into fitness. She was a um, certified, still is, uh, fitness trainer, and um, she actually worked at a YMCA as a swim instructor for a couple of years, and so that's kind of how my sisters and I got into competitive swimming. She's also a triathlete, so she, you know, is super into um, endurance sports, and so, I loved the idea of swimming because it was both an individual and a team sport. And, you know, I, I wasn't always re- looking forward to practice every day, but I felt like such a rewarding feeling, you know, afterward, after a great hard workout. Um, those were some, you know, it was a very uh, aerobic Type of sport, you know. I felt like I got a lot out of an hour and a half in the pool. We were always doing workouts, you know. It was a hard, long day for me to do that after school, but um, I really kind of felt that spark, that competitive spirit for the first time, um, and, and did that through eighth grade. And thought I was actually gonna swim in high school as well but then was gently encouraged to um, try out or not try out just join the cross-country team my freshman fall and it's funny I actually I was excited about doing it but I was so nervous about meeting the older girls because you know this that was the first time everyone was kind of mixed together and I, I wouldn't get out of the my dad's truck the first day of um, captain's practice. And, you know, we drove to the parking lot. I told him I wasn't getting out. We drove away and then, you know, finally um, stirred up the courage to to do that and um, just really fell in love with the family feel of that team. It was a huge team, 90 girls. Yeah, so, um, so just enjoyed that, um, enjoyed the coach and fell in love with the sport.
0: In freshman year of high school, Mm -hmm. did you have immediate success in cross country? Was it pretty clear from the beginning that running was your match?
1: I did, I did. Um, And I was fortunate to have really inspiring role models and team captains that year. Um, One in particular that stands out in my mind, who was just an incredible, um, you know, she led by example. And and with the team of 90 girls, it wasn't easy to make everyone happy. And and she, you know, really kind of made sure that, that she wasn't necessarily doing that. She was doing what was right. And um, so I, I absolutely looked up to her. She was also one of the top runners on the team. And she kind of took me under her wing and definitely um, saw some success and scored some points for the team as a freshman and and, you know, was encouraged to keep running and I'm so glad I did you know because track was kind of a different beast and experienced that too and really enjoyed it as well
0: wow that's pretty cool that you had someone like that from the beginning kind of mentoring you and supporting you it's really beautiful and I know you had another incredible team experience at Dartmouth How did you choose to go to Dartmouth? And your coach there is still now your coach. So obviously, Mm -hmm. there was definitely an incredible connection you have with Mark. Yeah. And
1: I feel so fortunate to have that connection because he wasn't part of the reason I came to Dartmouth. He was actually, that was his first year there. I was recruited by a different coach and uh, found out about a month before going to school that that my former coach was about to resign and that Mark was gonna um, step into that new role. So uh, yeah, I was excited for something new and he right off the bat, um, kind of established new goals for the team. We were we were at a transitional point anyway, of course, because of the coaching change, but Dartmouth is, you know, a non-scholarship school. So there are a lot of other options for the women and, um, I think the team was just, you know, kind of feeling other options out at that point. Of course, loved running, you know. The reason why I came to that school was because the the women were so genuine. I felt that on my official visit and, you know, I really felt that sense of um, happiness and joy on the team and I, I wanted to be on a team where running was a different priority and, but Mark really wanted to take that to the next level. You know, he wanted everyone to, to focus their energy on two things, you know, he said, you can always, you can only do two things really well, and that was running in school, and so he challenged us, challenged us to, to make that decision, and not see it as a sacrifice, but rather a choice, and that's something my older teammates imparted to me, okay, let's, let's all buy into this new mentality, and, um, so, so, yeah, just women around me that were encouraging me to, um, see running is something that could be really fun, but also challenging.
0: And, uh, was so glad to, to be part of that. And when you look at your really successful college career, what would you say was the most mentally challenging race you had? Mm. Ooh, that's a great
1: question. Um, let's see, you know, I would, I would actually say it was my, it was the U.S. U.S. Championships, my junior year. Um it was the qualifier for the world champs and it was you know, we we had led up to or that was my long-term goal for the entire year before. Mark and I sat down the fall before my cross country season, my junior year, and we said, Okay, you know, obviously we're looking towards the national championship and in uh, November for cross country and indoors, et cetera, but, but really, you know, this is our goal. We want to think long term and everything else will kind of fall into place. And so I felt like there was a very strong buildup for that race and um, I had always enjoyed running, but but as I started to see the success, I, f- I felt the pressure of expectation. And so, um, you know, I came to this point sort of the end of, uh, of my junior year where I really felt burdened by those expectations, you know, and I felt them more strongly than ever before. And, you know, I, I had to make this decision. What was I, what was I running for? Mm. And, you know, if, if I am running to achieve these expectations, is it really worthwhile? And, And, and so I'm asking myself these questions, you know, leading up to the race, which you know, the goal before a race is to, to free yourself of these, you know, you don't want to spend mental energy thinking about, you know, these essential questions. And so I came to this point before the race where I, you know, decided to really kind of release those expectations and kind of let it happen. And I felt this incredible sense of peace the morning before the race, and so it was just kind of a profound and spiritual moment for me, you know, because I had, um, been involved, you know, I, a Christian faith has always been a part of my life, but it became, you know, it kind of went from, made this transition from something that was in my head and something that I believed in my head to something that I could really feel in my heart, and, you know, I felt like I wasn't—I didn't want to run for other people, per se, anymore. Mm-hmm. You know, all of these sort of um, unstable um, things, to, for lack of a better word, um, you know, I wanted to to run for something that was secure and that was God. You know, that's something so much, so much greater than me and something that I can't control. Um, and so, that was. That was the beginning of this kind of exploration of what does this relationship um, with a greater being mean, and um, that kind of changed my motivation in running. Um, so, so it was wonderful because that really mentally challenging race turned into something beautiful for me, and, and changed you know the way I think about the sport and
0: other things that I do and
1: who I am. So.
0: That's a pretty incredible story of how much of a breakthrough it was for you that I feel like running was started to intersect with your faith Mm -hmm. in a really tangible way for you. Mm -hmm. That's beautiful. Now, when you look at your college career and you, what would you consider the race where you felt like things really clicked during the race? Like you were feeling that connection to self, Mm -hmm. to a higher, Mm -hmm. a higher spirit. Right, right.
1: Um, You know, that's something I've definitely thought about before and I even... Felt it in the moment. Um, oftentimes, it's not until you really reflect on those experiences that they, that stand that sort of thing stands out to you. But this was it was the um, national championships in cross country last year.
0: I got to watch it online, which was Did really you? cool. Yeah. Oh my gosh. You crushed it. Oh, thank <laughs> amidst, you. So, uh, amidst
1: hard weather. <laughs> oh my gosh, what a crazy day! And that was part of what made it so special, being like true cross country. You know that really gritty definitely feeling those race conditions. Um, I had always enjoyed that, you know, being in Hanover and, you know, Mark had always said to us, we run the best in these conditions, you know, we're prepared for them. And the team was there. That was one of the biggest, um, you know, exciting things about that race because they, that had been a dream of mine for three years prior. And to see them, transition from you know a team that that really struggled with injury that the year before um and confidence to one that was not intimidated anymore at that level so that was one part of it and yeah it also just gone through the summer of really growing in my faith and um and translating that to running and so I felt like this was a this was a really um great moment for me you know it was kind of a culmination of what I had uh, become in that season and so you know I, I really kind of felt this connection before the race I, I I am really fortunate to have teammates that share my Christian faith and so we had gotten into this habit of doing you know a prayer circle kind of for the teammates that were comfortable before the race and I just felt like so Relaxed and ready, and you know we wanted to really transmit light in that race, and and we talked about that before the race, and so in like the last 1k, which is always the most grueling, you know, like you want to fall over kind of point in the race, I I felt like there, this source of strength that was like really profound, and for me, I felt like that was something greater than me, kind of moving through me, um, and. It was, you know, it was like, that's kind of how I credit my success in that race. You know, it was um, really tough conditions, but um, by the grace of God, I feel I was able to push through that. And um, it was a really special day. You know, all everyone's parents were there and that like never happens. You know, it was just, they they got out there, they were in their parkas and, um, and yeah. So I felt like, Everything really kind of came together that day.
0: Yeah, and it was such a celebration. I think of where you were at and where your team was at. Yeah,
1: yeah, Yeah. for everyone, and and now we realized the depth that we have as a team, and in the fact that the the graduating class could leave this legacy. You know, now the girls, you know, at our at our conference championship that last uh, that season, we you know we almost swept. And that was a really exciting thing because we'd come in second to last the year before. So now we knew, okay, we're moving forward, you know, individually and as a team and, and we're ready. You know, For people, sure. People
0: want to, to prioritize this now. so For sure. Mm-hmm. And so since you're leaving Dartmouth and graduating this May... Tell listeners a little bit about what you're up to. And I know Mark, who is your coach at Dartmouth, is still coaching you now. Mm-hmm. What's your life looking like as a professional runner? Yeah. So, uh,
1: you know, I, again, felt like it, this opportunity that arose, um, you know, uh, a few months ago to train in Boston was just a dream come true. Almost too good to be true. It was like, what's the catch, you know, because... Um, Really, to be close to home um, is is something that I've always dreamed of. You know, I love New England and super close with my family. So to be able to, you know, be a forty five minute drive away from them at any given time is wonderful. And they were a really fundamental part of my running experience at Dartmouth. Um, you know, it was like their vacation to travel to some of my meets, and and the team got to know them very well. And so to to now move on to this, uh, to a new running community in Boston is great because, you know, I, I know what, something that I felt really strongly about at Dartmouth was that running is wonderful, but it would never be, you know, I felt like I just gained this energy from the team and, and, um, that was, you know, that kept me alive in the sport and, so I wanted to find that in the professional world as well, and it's been really wonderful because across the country now these running groups are are starting to come together again. You know, there are still, of course, those who train alone or with a spouse or whatever it may be, but I really wanted a team, and so um, now elite running is kind of you know it's, there's this resurgence of it in Boston, and so I'm excited to find that to be around those communities and. Um, just share the experiences that we've all learned off of collegiate running or you know people that have just had different journeys so yeah and it's it's fun because it's kind of like you know of course it's a transition in meeting people but now I'm like really on my own so I'm living in Newton and um, have a roommate there who's wonderful we're just getting to know each other now and and still training with with Mark. So it's cool to be to have that familiarity with Mark, but also realizing, you know, both of us, Mark and I, are realizing that just because we've had this relationship for four years doesn't mean it can't get any better. It doesn't mean that we can start we can't start implementing new things. And of course, you know, you want to add a little bit every year and make make small changes. And so now it's cool to do that in a very new setting.
0: Now, what would those changes be? What are you looking forward to as a professional runner, having more time to devote to your running instead of balancing schoolwork? What kind of changes and things are you looking forward to adding into your life? Yeah, yeah.
1: I, you know, I think first and foremost, it'll be great to just make sure my recovery is so much better now that I can make sure I'm getting eight or nine hours of sleep every night, you know, taking a nap when I feel like I need one, um, you know, it's easy to sort of feel um, this this difference and kind of this distinction from other people who a lot of my friends, you know, have this 9-to-5 job and to feel like, oh, you know, I have this opportunity to be lazy and to sit around. But, but instead, you know, instead of thinking it that way, kind of flipping it and making it a positive thing, like now I can just recover. And yes, you know, maybe I'm lounging and, you know, for a couple of hours in the afternoon, but that's part of my recovery. You know, it's a 24 hour job really. And, um, as much as that will be a part of my experience, I'm also looking forward to having Boston as a place where I have other resources, you know, and can kind of keep busy in the afternoons when I have time. Like, for example, I'm looking forward to maybe doing a cooking class now that I'm living on my own or, um, joining a church, maybe doing some volunteer hours and, because I, I think it's really important to be to stay a little bit distracted you know I'm, I'm not just a runner you know I, I definitely want to um, engage in other things too so I, it's great to be in a place where that's accessible and, um, and just it's a lot of new and that I can have all these, these fresh experiences.
0: Totally now going back to your relationship with Mark as your coach you it's from what I know, it sounds like you have a really strong bond. Mm-hmm. What would you consider three lessons or three things that really stand out to you that you've learned from him?
1: Yeah Ooh, um, that's a that's a great question, man. He's taught me so much. I think one of the most essential things is learning, you know, really experiencing the fact that, running is... you know, what it means for running to be a mental sport. You know, I'd always heard that, you know. My mom had always told me that running is 90% mental, 10% physical, but I really... you know, in swimming as well, but... um, he encouraged me to know that, like... to or to know what it means to decide that um, I could push my limits, and, like... You know how does, how does pushing my limits translate to a race? It means, you know, what are, what are the steps I need to take to get there? And and some of the techniques that um, he taught our team were, were you know a lot of them involved visualization. A couple of nights before the race, you know, imagining the the ideal outcome of the race. What do I want to happen? Who might be around me? How might I need to adapt into certain conditions in a race? You know, all of these, um, all of these connections you can actually make in your brain to lead up to a positive outcome. So, so that was one thing. Another thing was just deciding before raced, you know, that there was going to be this point in a race that we call, on our team, we call the decision point. You know, that that point where you're tired and you want to stop and I've learned that, you know, through Mark, that that's racing. That's racing when it becomes painful. I was always very, fear. you know, I'm a, I'm a first, very typical firstborn, and I've always been risk-averse. Um, so, you know, we always joked because in, you know, we, we had like little, you know, in sixth grade, we had these little fitness tests, and we do a timed mile, and I wouldn't push myself to my you know, to the limit because I was afraid of like throwing up after the race or, you know, something like it hurting. And I've learned that that's what racing is, you know, and it seems like, you know, any elite runner will say, you know, duh, when they hear that. But but that was something I had to experience because it was not in my nature to really get to that level. So, and Mark is, you know, just maybe I'm telling a few, you know, these are kind of in scattered order, but um, he encourages me to to really to know what it means to be tough, you know. He we we trained in Hanover and we were outside unless it was like you know zero like below zero with a wind chill. Other than that, you know, we we were out there. We were he kept he'd always say like cold is a state of mind, you know, and and I think it was really an important lesson not to be. Um, You know, I have wonderful parents who have always kind of been out at my side and um, encouraged. You know, I I felt like I was always intrinsically motivated with running. I was never um, forced to do anything, never motivated by fear. And and Mark, you know, was never that way either. But it was always kind of like a tough love, like encouraging me to do things on my own. And and even in like a Dartmouth atmosphere, you know, I had to be a self-advocate with with my professors and nothing was handed to us and um, and that really helps with my running as well so I'm so grateful to, to keep learning those things from him and for him to teach them to you know the people that are also training with us so for
0: sure now what are you training for right now where are you at in your training cycle and what are you looking forward to in 2014 2015 yeah so a few big long-term goals for now um, are
1: U.S. cross country um, in February two thousand fifteen. That's going to be in Boulder, so um, I'm looking forward to that. Boulder's a special place, and um, that's that's you know all I'm I'm hoping to race for New Balance before then. I'm not sure when that will be yet, but the big that's kind of the big goal in the future. So after that. Um, Looking towards the World Championships in track, um, which are going to be in China, um, so so that's that will be August 2015. Hope to make the 5K team there. Sticking with the 5K um, for now. It's my, always been my favorite event since college, and gonna keep keep at that um, for now. And then 2016, looking towards uh, making the Olympic team
0: in the 5K as well. So those are the awesome. the big ones. Now with the distance like the 5k, talk to me a little bit about the mental strategy. I know you were a psychology major mm-hmm. at Dartmouth and it sounds like Mark has really worked with the psychological side of running. Yes. So how do you go into a 5k mentally? Mm. How do you do you break it up via kilometers? Do you see it in miles? How does it work out for you?
1: You know what? I actually people I it's interesting to talk to people about this because it you know, they Everyone has a different strategy. For me, what works, and Mark has definitely um, suggested, this is kind of thinking of the first, the first two miles really is just kind of getting in your groove. Maybe the first mile, getting in your groove, and the second mile, you know, you you still don't really. Well, depends on the race, but you hope that you don't really feel like you're racing until that last mile. You know, um, when I was in peak shape that's that's kind of how the race played out most of the time. Um you don't really feel like it until, you know, maybe six laps to go or or the last mile. Um and that's what you that's what you prepare for, to be ready for that decision point when it feels like it, you're racing and and what we what I like to do is just decide before you start that I'm I'm going to push through it and I'm going to be ready and I'm going to be tough and And I'm not going to let any gaps form between me and, you know, whoever I'm looking to stay with, or if this is a race I'm looking to lead, I know I'm going to be ready to make that, that, you know, surge or that gradual surge kind of at at the moment when it comes. And, um, yeah, that's really, you, you know, the goal is to spend the least amount of energy you can as you can during the race. And so... Um, it's that and just staying relaxed, you know. Um, I think it's so easy, you know, especially in the in the championship races to really... And I've been in a place where I've let myself become intimidated by the competition, but I've uh, been fortunate in the past couple of years to have, have had more experience racing at a higher caliber and knowing that, you know, realizing that, that these other women their shoes on the same way as I do. And, um, and you know, we, we have similar goals and priorities and just kind of realizing the humanity of the people I'm competing against really, really helps me, um, get to this place mentally where I'm at peace. And my faith is an incredible help with that too. You know, knowing that at the end of the day, um, I have this source of strength, you know, that's, that's beyond the track and, um, and I know that that's always there regardless of the outcome. And Yeah, it's that's been a journey kind of getting to that place. But I know that
0: uh, that will help sustain me as I keep learning through the sport. For sure. Now, in preparation for the 5K, what would you consider your favorite type of 5K workout? Mm. So I think, you know, one of...
1: I feel like my favorite workout is always changing. One of the ones that's hardest but... When it's done, it's one of my favorites. Um, something that we've done in the past couple of years, leading up to um, a you know a championship 5K or a hard five. Um, it's three by a mile at a pretty hard pace. Um, you know we we'll do we'll do a regular warm up and drills and strides beforehand, and then um, I can't remember what the rest is, but you know we'll usually start out at like. Around like 4.50 pace or something like that and towards the end we're, you know, almost at race pace. We're not there but we're at kind of the line where I'm exhausted, you know, even before that last mile. Um, But Mark always says, you know, if you can run such and such time, you know, he's had the experience of coaching long enough that he knows you'll be able to race this, you know, time or this equivalent. So that's a really great source of confidence for me when I can achieve, you know, such a workout before, um, a hard five, you know, knowing that I've done that 10 days out, I know that I'm ready. For sure. Wise.
0: Now, uh, in your running, who would you consider your biggest inspiration? Whether it's a particular teammate, a professional runner out there, someone who's deceased, who do you consider mm-hmm. your biggest inspiration? Yeah. So,
1: uh, a team new balance uh, member in, and that's jenny simpson um i've been asked this question fairly often and i've stayed consistent in my answer because i really feel strongly um I, I i hope to to spend some more time with jenny um you know of course I'm, I'm very new to new balance and um saw her at at usa's but um i you know she inspires me not only in the way that she races um but in the way she carries herself as a person, um, she, you know, and again, I haven't, I haven't had sat down and had a conversation with her, but you can just tell that there's something in her that, you know, really, um, aspires to find joy in the sport. And that's something that's, that I'm very passionate about and had become passionate about at Dartmouth. Um, knowing that, that I run well when I'm, happy, you know, when I, and that, 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 that happiness isn't compartmentalized, that I'm not just feeling it in my running community, but in every aspect of my life. And, um, I think that's something that she's spoken about before in her interviews and, um, and I think that's, you know, she's inspiring people like me, um, through that mentality and, Um, through, you know, sharing that message that although she's had, you know, she's been at the peak of worldly success, you know, she's been a world championship, or a world champion in the 1500, but it's still really hard when she comes to the line, you know, and, you know, I just watched this interview, um, my coach pointed it out to me, that she did, you know, just, you know, I think it was after USA's, she had won her first title in the 1500 at USA's, and, she said that a lot of her teammates, um, or, I'm sorry, just friends from home, say, you know, it must be you know easy for you to come to the line. Do you even get nervous anymore? And she's like, that's kind of frustrating for me because I do still get nervous, you know? It's really hard having that that pressure and those expectations every time you come to the line. You know, the conditions are tough and you never know what's going to happen. And I just thought that was a really... That's a message that needs to be shared. Um, And so, uh, yeah, I hope to, you know, I think she's wonderful. And I hope to glean some more wisdom from her along the road.
0: For sure. And I Mm -hmm. hope you'll get to meet her and maybe train with her in person. I hope so too. Yeah, Yeah, that'll That'll be be exciting. Definitely. Definitely. Well, to close up our interview, I have a Mm -hmm. few fun either or questions. Okay, awesome. Tea or coffee? Coffee. Coffee. Coffee
1: sort. I'm trying to wean myself off of it a little bit, but it really just gives me so much energy in the morning, and you know I feel ready for anything. So coffee. Mountains or oceans? Ooh, that that's a tough call for me. I would probably naturally say mountains. The view. Not that the view of the ocean isn't beautiful, but I've grown up around. you know, a mountain family. So that's close to my heart.
0: Sunrise or sunset?
1: Sunrise. Always been a morning person.
0: And the last one is, would you rather fly or be invisible as your superpower?
1: That's an interesting question. I don't know if I'm that sneaky. I guess I would say fly. Yeah. Oh, that's a great question. I'm going with it. I'm going to say fly. I guess it's a little bit cliche, but that's that's kind of what my gut feeling is
0: cool well thank you so much abby for sharing your story on the running on ohm podcast thank you julia thanks for having me um thanks for listening to episode 73 of the running on ohm podcast with abby d'agostino professional runner for team new balance and one of the most decorated athletes in ivy league history if you would like to connect with Abby and the Running On Ohm community, you can find us on runningOnOM.com, Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. I asked this at the beginning of the podcast, but I'm going to remind you all again, I have a pretty big favor to ask of the Running On Ohm community. If you've listened to at least three podcasts and want to help more like-minded people find the podcast, please consider leaving a review on iTunes. It'll take you less than two minutes and make a world of difference. I know there have been thousands of listens to the podcast episodes, but only 12 people have left reviews on iTunes. The 30th person to leave a review gets a sweet prize from running on Ohm, so please leave a review and get to be considered for this surprise prize. This is your host, Julia Hanlon, and I hope you have a beautiful day.